He grew up in the oil fields of West Texas. He's been all over the Western Hemisphere, a radio and TV veteran, former restaurateur, and a cowboy at heart. He's Earl Farrell, and he calls Memphis home because Memphis is cool. This This is the Earl Farrell for Memphis show, brought to you by Southern Security, your home team credit union, and by Kathy Thurman Edwards State Farm Insurance. And now, here's your host, Earl Farrell. And thank you very much, and uh, welcome aboard. Uh, just trying to take another look, quick look at traffic here. Seems like something's going on at Ridgeway in 385 every day. This is like the third day this week uh, we got an accident east of uh, Riverdale now. The, the ones yesterday were east of um, Ridgeway. Uh, I've got another one on I-240 uh, west of uh, Mount Moriah. And then we've got another one on Poplar Avenue uh, near... Uh, Bruce Parkway, Poplar uh, Avenue West. That must be, well, it's uh, inside the loop, but I'm not familiar with Truce Parkway. Uh, so, but anyway, those are three accidents we're working right now. You got uh, just an orange slowdown on Germantown Parkway, both directions uh, around the um, Walnut Grove area. And other than that, it looks like it's a pretty good Friday because a lot of folks have left town, in fact, you just heard on the news with uh, Jim Miller that something like 52 million people are going to be hitting the roads. <clears throat> I'm not going to be one of them. I went last week, get it over with, beat the rush. <laughs> They're going to be everywhere. I can't even imagine what it's going to be like down in Destin this weekend. I mean, it was it was crowded there. I think the longest wait we had was at Bochamps. That was two and a half hours. But there's plenty of stuff. They got, uh, you know, uh, that game where you pitch the bean bags into the holes, uh, corn cob. They got that uh, a cornhole. Uh, then they, got <laughs> and then they got uh, all the ships coming in, bringing in the the fishing uh, bounty of the day. So you get to sit there and watch them clean fish, and then uh, you go. Well, it's a lot easier just to go buy one after it's already been uh, taken care of. Uh, and the food's all great down there. Uh, the service is really good, uh, but it does get crowded this weekend. In fact, this will probably be the biggest weekend other than the 4th of July down in the Destin area. So uh, just keep that in mind. Don't get frustrated. Uh, but a lot of people are headed down on the highways, and so uh, just be very cautious and uh, and take your time. Don't get in a hurry. It's crazy out there. Also, another accident I fifty five south at Critton and Shelby County line, which Critton and Shelby County line is like in the middle of the river, so I'm not quite sure how they. It must be on the bridge somehow, uh, because, uh, uh, well, it just depends on where you mark it. But anyway, it's on I fifty five. Uh, it looks like it's the old bridge, so be careful about that one. Uh, on the show today, we check in with uh, Marvin Stockwell. He and his son are going to embark on a, uh, a podcast tour. Uh, Champions of Lost Causes is what they're going to be uh, finding all over the country. I think they're touring for about two months. And finding people that do stuff uh, for no other reason than just to help other people and, uh, and to do the right thing. Uh, therefore, Champions of Lost Causes. So we'll find out all about that coming up. Also, we'll uh, be checking in with Jim Elliott in uh, Connecticut. He was supposed to be on earlier in the week, but I got a little bit under the weather with all the uh, pollen and summer stuff that we're experiencing now. It's uh, and I'm not the only one. Lots of folks have it. I was at a, a bit this afternoon and heard a lot of sniffling and 
sneezing. <laughs> it's like that stuff would be over, you know, like at the end of May. I guess we are at the end of May, but it, it should be uh, over before that, you know, like a week sometime in April is the only time pollen's allowed to go out. Rest of the year, nothing. You got nothing. Uh, and we're also going to check in and talk about the Bud Light situation. Apparently, that thing is not going away. Uh, in fact, I saw a billboard today for Michelob Ultra. Uh, doesn't mention anything about anything other than buy a Michelob, please. <laughs> Somebody, somebody out there, Bob. Yeah. Because I think now it's also hurting all their other brands, not just Bud Light. It started out with just Bud Light. And they've lost some ungodly amount, like $52 billion they've lost. Something like 21% of the, the company's net worth has now disappeared. And then you got got uh, Calvin Klein coming up with uh, their own um, man bra or something. So you'd think if you took a look at what happened to, to Bud Light and now Target, because uh, uh, you know, people are saying they're not, not going back to Target, and Target's not apologizing. They're saying, we're moving to the back of the store or we continue to support our LGBTQ community. And that's fine. It's just, you know, it's like uh, when it clashes with your customer base, you sit there and go, well, are we going to do this? Or are we going to go with uh, the people that kind of got us here? And I don't think anybody's saying, you can't sell it anywhere. We just don't want it in the department store where we take our kids. And because you wouldn't also wouldn't take them in there for... Uh, uh, where you're selling uh, motorcycle jackets and shaps, you know. I mean, kids are going, what's this stuff for? So uh, it is uh, just crazy, crazy going on out there. Uh, also, this is uh, one very uh, big weekend, one of the biggest weekends for boating. And the uh, Coast Guard is advising everybody, and, and this goes for people on sea dues, uh, rowboats, uh, speedboats, pontoon boats. Make sure there is a life vest for each person and make sure that they wear those life vests because you think nothing's going to happen. You're just going along. I remember a couple of years ago, uh, there was a, a video that just went viral and it was on uh, Kentucky Lake. Uh, uh, and I think it was Kentucky Lake. It was uh, maybe the Lake of the Ozarks. I think that's where it was up above uh, the northern uh, parts of Arkansas into Missouri. And it was actually a guy from Memphis who's the manager of the Gus's Fried Chicken there on Mount Riah or Mendenhall, near the half shell. And it was a video of him uh, and a guy and then two girls in the back of the boat, and they're going along at a high speed. It's a sunny day, and all of a sudden they hit a rogue wave, and it knocked them around the inside of that boat like bowling pins. And uh, somebody could have been killed, and it was just a rogue wave. So anything could happen, and none of them had life jackets on. If somebody had hit their head and got knocked out of the boat, they would have drowned. I remember we were at Pickwick a few years ago for Memorial Day, and I remember seeing the Harley-Davidson motorcycles pass us on the way there, and there were some guys, and then they pulled up to the Aqua Marina, and uh, we saw their bikes again there when we went to fill up our boat, and they we were talking to somebody, and they said, yeah, the guys drove up, and their wives and kids came up in, in SUVs, and they had just rented a couple of pontoon boats and had gone out there on the lake, and one of the guys uh, that rode the motorcycles up, I guess he was, had been hot all day riding the motorcycles, to cool off, he jumps in the water as soon as they get out there in the middle of the lake. The water was still so cold that he uh, ended up having a heart attack and drowning. I mean, he jumped in and never came back up. And, I mean, you can imagine. 
and they're, they're all these people there, their wives, their families, their kids. So just don't offer excuses. Don't say, I know how to swim. Wear your life jacket. The other thing that the Coast Guard told me years ago is that most of the men that they find uh, that uh, are drowning victims have their fly open because they're usually they're, uh, relieving themselves while they're drinking beer and stand up in their boat or on the side of a dock or a pier, fall in the water and get disoriented and drown. So if you're going to be drinking, make sure you got a life jacket on and you got one that works that keeps your head above water. A lot of people just wear those things that go around your middle. They tell you, they can find that. You can be face down in the water with that life preserver holding your hips conveniently, safely out of the uh, water, but that ain't going to save your life. So be careful of that. And uh, also, the uh, uh, don't forget that this Sunday is the Sunset Symphony at uh, at the Levitt Shell. And uh, what now it's just called the Overton Park Shell. It was the Levitt Shell for a while. They had a sponsorship with a national uh, group of uh, amphitheaters called the Levitt uh, uh, Network. But that... Something happened. I still don't know. We've never gotten a clear answer on what happened, but they're no longer the Levitt. They make that clear. We are no longer the Levitt. But it's going to be at Sunset Sunday. will be this uh, coming Sunday night at 730 at Overton Park at the Shell. And I'm pretty sure it's free. This used to be the, the closing event of Memphis in May every year. I remember back when I was at Channel 3, uh, I co-hosted the Sunset Symphony with Pam Crittenden and Eric Braden, who is still on the Younger and the Restless. I mean, that guy's got to be like 87 years old. I mean, even older, but he looks fantastic. And I remember being up there, and he said he just loved coming to Memphis because he said uh, just something about the South, and, and there is. I mean, you, especially if you're from England, and by way of L.A., you come to Memphis, and you sit there and go, because people are pretty unaffected here. You go to Hollywood, you go to London, everybody's affected. Go to Dallas, Atlanta. But in Memphis, people just are themselves. He loved coming here. I remember Charlie Rich was uh, the, the main uh, entertainer that, that night. Of course, the Memphis Symphony. Everybody was wearing um, white dinner jackets in the symphony. And it was down on the river with the river as the backdrop. And they would have 30,000, 40,000 people down there. Everybody would bring their blankets and their ice chest and, and sit down and have a, a wonderful night. Well, a few years ago, Jim Holt decided they didn't need that anymore. I mean, who needs the Sunset Symphony? Who needs something culturally sound like the symphony playing? And so they cut it out, but for the last couple of years, they've been having it someplace else. And this year, this Sunday night, 7.30 at Overton Park at the Shell, you can relive the great Memphis Symphony at the Sunset Symphony. We're going to take a quick break, come back, and uh, we've got a couple of news clips I want you to hear. So stay with us. We'll be right back. And welcome back. I was just answering a, had a tweet from a listener who said that for years uh, she's been seeing me working out at Lifetime Fitness uh, in the pool. And she's come up to uh, what she thought was me several times saying hi. And finally, she went up and asked me, I said, excuse me, I keep seeing you here. Are you Earl Farrell? He denied it vehemently. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> Poor guy. If you can imagine being confused with me, I didn't do any of that stuff. 
Uh, but uh, she said, I, I also think I see you voting at the church on Houston Levy uh, out in Carville, which is where I vote. So she has seen me there. But you can't accuse me of working out at Lifetime Fitness. <laughs> that just hasn't happened. Uh, we were mentioned earlier about the Sunset Symphony at uh, the Shell at the Garden, uh, not the Garden, uh, Overton Park. And Alan and Todd, I think you're going somewhere, is it tomorrow night? It's tonight at the tonight. Overton Park Shell. Yeah, Bellevue is putting on their yearly Night at the Pops concert. Okay. They're going to be there doing the music of the silver screen. So some John Williams, some uh, Rhapsody in Blue oh, is wow. the one I'm looking forward yeah, to. Yeah, love that. Um, they've got an incredible pianist, Josh Stewart, who is doing the solo on that with the full orchestra behind him. So don't want to miss that. That's an incredible live performance that you'll get to see tonight. The Overton Park Shell at 7 p.m. And the weather can be more agreeable. We've got a nice breeze out there right now. It's only 80 degrees and sunny. It's going to get down to 59 tonight. So I would take a sweater with you because a lot of times right after dark, if we don't have humidity, it can get kind of cool. So do that. But a lot going on. Of course, you've got, you got a number of memorial services going on this weekend uh, with uh, Memorial Day, which there is a reason for it. It's not just that we all get off work. Uh, it is to remember the, the folks that have, uh, over the years of this country, have made the ultimate sacrifice, and it's to remember them and to thank them for what they've done. Uh, there are so many people that have served and and then come back and have serious problems. There are so many people are homeless. And you know, I had a good friend that worked with a lot of uh, veterans that come back and end up living on the streets, even though they've got benefits and they've got you know VA uh, hospi- hospitalization. They just they come back and they've got so many psychological problems that you know they just can't deal with it. And I really do think our country has let these folks down in a big way. And then when you look at they're letting wholesale millions of illegal immigrants into our country. They're not taking care of our veterans. In fact, they booted some of our veterans that were going through some psychological uh, uh, rehabilitation at a hotel uh, there in upstate New York. They kicked out a wedding party and a bunch of our veterans to make room for these uh, illegal aliens coming into the country. I mean, when you stop and think about it, it would be like if somebody broke into your house and you come in, you catch him, and they said, okay, uh, you gotta, you got to take care of us now. So then you give them each a credit card, a cell phone, get them all new car uh, clothes, and you got to put them up somewhere. But they don't speak English, and, and they can't write or read English. And uh, so what are they going to do? And yet we, we're all going to be spending millions of dollars all over the country, not just in New York City. I mean, we got 70,000 people there. That's not a drop in the bucket to how many have come in. And they're all over the country. You hear about people in Florida dealing with it. Um, I've talked talk to a friend of mine in Dallas um, about the, the number of homeless people living around Dallas under bridges and stuff. I mean, where are they going to go? I mean, the housing industry, as uh, we discussed yesterday with uh, Vicki Gandy, who's um, the Gandy uh, team here in Memphis, Cry Like. And, you know, there's a lot of young people that are not going to be able to afford to buy houses because of the current economic situation. But then you get people who got any kind of problems out there that are trying to, to, to get by. And now you've dumped in five, six million more people into the economy that don't have jobs or places to live or anything else. And uh, now they're talking about opening up uh, former uh, mental health institutions and putting them in there. So you put them in there. How are they going to keep feeding them? We're just going to keep feeding them. They just come over here and we slide up to the old trough and we keep feeding them until, you know, the next generation comes 
I don't know what they're going to do, but uh, definitely need to do something. Uh, also, the uh, FBI, and w- we broke this story yesterday. Uh, I got word uh, that they had uh, raided the home of County Commissioner Edmund Ford Jr. Which the home, home was actually owned by his father, Memphis City Council member Edmund Ford Sr. I know both of them, known them for years, good people. The FBI spokesperson, Joel Siskovic, confirmed the bureau has been had served search warrants at the 917 Summer Shade Lane at 6 p.m. 6 a.m. Thursday. The home is in Whitehaven near Graceland. Uh, Shelby County property records show the house is owned by Edmund and Mama Ford. Recent campaign finance documents show Ford's son listed at that address as his home. Um, Shelby County Lee Harris uh, Mayors said in a statement the warrant was issued to Commissioner Ford, Edmund Ford Jr., and uh, that uh, Mayor Harris had no knowledge of the search warrant served on Commissioner Ford, said the statement released by the mayor's spokesperson. However, everyone, including Mr. Ford, is entitled to the presumption of innocence. Also, he said, I'd like to note that the mayor has been working for some time to advance a series of local reforms and breathe new life into the county's ethics ordinance. Getting serious about these efforts seems more important now than ever. The FBI did not specify what the search was for, nor which Ford it pertained to, though I think we narrowed it down to Edmund Ford Jr. But back in 2021, Ford Jr. was investigated for the allegations of an ethics violation involving $450,000 county grant that was approved for local nonprofit Memphis Junior Achievement. Uh, Ford's business sold computers to that group, resulting in a $45,000 profit and that may be what they're looking into. I know that uh, I know the guy that's on the board. I've got to call in him trying to see if he can shed any light on it, but have not heard back from it. But we'll keep working on it. We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be right back. Stay with us. Now, back to the Earl Farrell for Memphis show, brought to you by Southern Security, your home team credit union, and by Kathy Thurman Edwards State Farm Insurance. Once again, Earl Farrell. And thank you very much, and welcome back. Uh, I do want to reiterate, there is a accident on Poplar Avenue just inside the loop. Marvin Stockwell just got here, and uh, he can uh, attest to it. He saw the thing. He said it's a very bad wreck. It's a it's a bad one. I felt bad because here I am thinking, oh, gosh, I am inconvenienced. And then I saw the wreck, <laughs> and I thought, I'm, I wasn't in that wreck. And I just yeah. gave spontaneous thanks to God, you know, instead of prayer. For the it, folks, it, it's and awful. When, and when you think about it, if you'd been uh, a minute and a half earlier yeah that would it could have been you isn't that crazy to think about it yeah. it is it's uh it's almost like a, every time we step out the front door it's uh, we're rolling them bones and hoping for the best that's true e- even in the good things in life you know i thought about like the day i met my wife i just happened to go to a student activity in college you know like oh she just happened to be there and yeah talking to a friend you know like what if i decided to eat in my dorm room <laughs> well or, <laughs> or like that's how i met kathy i went to some friends invited us to the lake and I showed up, I had a date, she had a date with somebody else. I said, she can't be in love with this guy. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, well, and the, the rest is history. The rest is history. But, but I had true. to be there, and she had to be there to make it happen. So, yep. Uh, and good things are what you're really looking for now on yep. your, your latest effort, which is, yeah. is uh, this road trip. Yeah. yeah. A, a podcast, which I think is a great idea. Oh, thanks. It's uh, and going and finding the. Uh, the lost causes. Lost causes. Champions of the lost causes, which I think is great because uh, not everything should there be a reward for you in it. 
That's true. You know, I, I thought to myself, why do people champion causes? What sustains them? What helps them succeed? Uh, obviously, for, for those who know me know that my, my personal cause is uh, the, the cause of the Mid-South Coliseum, but I got to thinking about what are my own motivations? Why do I have the fire in the gut? You know, because there's no, there's no scenario that I can imagine where I'm going to personally benefit or become enriched. You know, so I just thought, and then I started thinking, okay, well, causes is a thing, and people champion all sorts of different causes. I mean, what famous cause, you know, Danny Thomas championed the cause of pediatric cancer in Memphis. Scott Morris champions the cause of the uninsured. I don't, you're a lot younger than me, but I can remember Danny Thomas came to Memphis, started the golf tournament to help raise money to yeah. build a hospital where kids didn't have to pay to come and they were yeah. doing cancer research in, in young children. And when he, I remember when he would come and they would, before they built the, the gold dome there, I mean, there yep. was just a, about a five story building. That was all there was. And he would sit there. We're going to be the leading hospital in the world, uh, of yeah. research and, and curing cancer for, ch- for children. And everybody kind of go, oh, okay, you're Danny Thomas, you know, you're a big star. And he was. Yeah. And uh, he got the golf tournament. Everybody in the world came here. And it wasn't a PGA Tour. It was the Danny Thomas uh, Open. Yeah. And people just came. And uh, so that was something that uh, he didn't make any money off that. And people, I'm sure, said, you're crazy. In fact, I know that. I mean, from my time working at St. Jude, I, I know the kind of detailed version of that story. And yes, Danny Thomas was a celebrity by the time he championed his cause, but he still had to do the same thing that anyone else does at the outset. And they have to explain themselves and they have people say, what are, what are you even talking about? You know, the, the young idealistic doctor minister Scott Morris comes to Memphis selling out of an empty cart, as he says, a, age 31, 32. And uh, it grew into the, one of the largest faith-based clinics that serves the uninsured in the country. Yeah. It's a model others are following. So All over the world. They come here to Memphis once a year to That's go right. through this course and find out how they do it. And they That's can right. take it back home and do it there. That's right. So I just got interested in the concept of people championing causes. And I've been doing the podcast since uh, the summer of 2019. And being a Memphis homer like I am, I focus most of my efforts on causes I know best, the ones that are right around me that I can observe. My friends are involved in them. On, I see it on Facebook, et cetera. Uh, but then I, I did actually have a couple of interviews, especially during the pandemic, via Zoom calls. I interviewed this woman named Svetlana Muzichenko. She is a Ukrainian expat living in Brazil. And when the war broke out, she said, what can I do? You know, she almost just hopped on a plane and her husband's like, you don't, we don't need another Ukrainian in harm's way in Ukraine. Yeah. What can you do from here? She ends up uh, fundraising for all sorts of humanitarian efforts, stands up this whole thing called UA Brokers Without Borders. I ended up interviewing her on Ukrainian Independence Day. And I thought, wow, the variety of ways people champion causes from the Coliseum to uh, creating a high school inside Crosstown Concourse or Rashoon Austin championing the cause of affordable housing in Memphis. So there, there are all sorts of different causes. And now that we're, and, and it's true that people are still getting sick with COVID. My, my cousin just got COVID. But my point is people, the country's back open and people are moving around. And I just thought I'm 40 episodes into this podcast. It's time for me to get out and see what's going on in the rest of the country. So I was in discussions with some some folks in in public radio uh, and through a brainstorm, they said we came up with this podcast road trip. Champions of the Lost Causes, Champions of the Lost Causes podcast summer road trip. So we're going to be out for five weeks documenting causes elsewhere in America. Now, how will you do it? Will you do stop at every every city and set up your podcast equipment Mm -hmm. and bring in interviews and yeah, do, do it from like a motel room or a restaurant or their office or, or, or it, so, yeah, I mean, and I'm, and in a way I'm kind of drawing on my years of being in a, 
in a band that would that would tour. It, sure. It's it's like booking a tour. You set up your equipment. You do the show. That's right. Except I don't have to lug that heavy Marshall half stack <laughs> anymore. It's just a fairly lightweight uh, podcast rig. And uh, thankfully, my son Cormac uh, took an early interest in in recording. And as a fourth grade, he was editing videos for school. Oh, wow. And so he's got the tech savvy to be my my engineer on the show. So it'll be just the two of you. No, actually, my daughter uh, Vive is also going a second driver. She's home from uh, college uh, for the summer. What a great not not yeah. just a great trip, but a great thing to do with your kids and go out on the road and yeah. do something like that. Because uh, you'd look at and I guess as, as you move along through this and find out how many people have lost causes that they support, but look how many people don't have. Any cause they support. They support nothing. They just right. go to work. They come home. They go into their little world and eat dinner and get up the next day. And I think, I think one of the things that really has probably already come out of this and will come out of it is when see people uh, are able to talk about the joy it brings to their lives yeah. and fulfilling these these unfulfilled dreams yeah. and helping other people fulfill theirs, whatever it is. Because it really is about helping people. Scott Morris. It's true. Danny Thomas. It wasn't about them. It was about helping others. That's true. And, you know, I think set against the the, the back cloth of, you know, this is a, a time where there's a lot of division. There's There are wars going on. There's school shootings. So it, it's a time where it's it's not too hard to set crime, yeah. to, to say, oh, man, the world's going to hell in a handbasket. But as I've written about this and as I've interviewed people in my podcast, I think to myself, the core humanity's core trait is really goodness and we can lose track of that but it's like if and i'm a person of faith so i believe that that what god created is good and 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 god said my word will not return to me empty meaning the good that i spoke when it's going to it's going it's going to bounce off the edge of the universe by the time it gets back it's going to be good so i just see in doing the podcast i find evidence of goodness everywhere and it's like as i've been booking this (laughs) this tour uh, I'm finding it elsewhere, and I'd like to think, oh, you know, Memphis is punching above its weight. We have, you know, greater champions of causes here in Memphis. But, I mean, I'm encountering some really cool causes all across the we, United States. We were talking about this when we were in Florida. My sister and I were, were sitting on the balcony looking down at the beach, and, and uh, she said, what a beautiful day. This light just really makes everything. And I said, it does. I mean, if you take a cloudy day, and all of a sudden the sun breaks out, and everything mm-hmm. comes to life and has color. And she said, mm-hmm. but if it wasn't for the darkness— there would be no contrast. That's right. She said, look down at the beach. You see the, the high parts of the beach, and then but right beside that is a dark place where there's a footprint. But the only way yeah. you would know there's a footprint is because of the darkness where the footprint is. That's true. And the, the contrast is what makes you realize that the beautiful side of life is the, the light side. Yeah. And the dark side needs to be there to counteract and, and to show you that, that light is better than darkness. And the darkness being bad, evil, and light being, you know, the light of the Lord. And we all have some of each flow into our lives. Every human life is going to have some hardship, and they ultimately temper us, and and we can grow and learn from them. So I just thought, you know, the more I see people, it it, it is true. Is there a lot of selfishness and and division and greed and and, and war? You know, absolutely. I would have smited us all a long time ago. (laughs) Well, I know. You know, I thought about on the drive out here, I, I thought about the kind of cross or the common denominator between uh, my my theme of my show and really your theme, Earl. I mean, you know, like you, I think your brand is keeping things positive. And I'd say, I'd say, you know, the, people would say, well, it must be hard to be an optimist, you, you know, but I, I, I just, 
the more people I interview, the more I realize that, that the thing within us that knows that it needs to do good, that, that this time in this life is, is, is finite and, and we only have a certain amount of time to do the good that we were put on this earth to do, that, that capacity is somewhat unkillable and, and, and undefeatable, you know? But you do have choice, and that is where yeah. the real miracle takes place, is why do some people make the choice to go with the positive and other mm-hmm. people get defeated and just go with the negative. I don't know. We're talking to Marvin Stockwell about his upcoming tour around the country, about uh, the championing of lost causes, which I think is a great idea. We'll talk more about it, where he's going, and, um, and when it all starts right after we come back. Stay with us. And welcome back. Uh, I want to advise you there are a couple of accidents out there working. One at Poplar, uh, just inside the loop in the uh, westbound lane. Said uh, uh, Poplar at West uh, at uh, Trues Parkway. And then there's another one on 280, uh, I-240 west of uh, Mount Moriah. And then there's another one that is on uh, US 385 east of Riverdale. And then there's a couple of minor ones that uh, are Poplar Avenue at uh, US 64. That's close to downtown. So it's Friday afternoon in the Nitty Gritty City, and be careful out there. That's what I got to say. Indeed. <laughs> we got Marvin Stockwell, who got caught up in a wreck uh, coming in. Well, right thankfully, now. I didn't, wasn't in the wreck, but I got held up. And, uh, yes. and be safe out there, y'all. The thing is, you see these people driving. I mean, it's like NASCAR. They're weaving out of three lanes of traffic. Uh, and then when they wreck, they're going so fast that it explodes everybody's cars. Yeah. It's really crazy. Yeah. Uh, but now your, your, your trek across the country, yeah. how many states are you going to go to? 17. Wow. 17 states in five weeks, and we're going west. Uh, and uh, I, was, I was saying before we came on, I'll be uh, – Staying with family uh, here and there, uh, uh, my, my mom and brother and sister and family live out in Oregon. Oh, and I've wow. got some family in Washington State. So, so we will you know, def- defray some of the costs uh, by staying with family, but we will have some hard costs that we can't. So we're crowdfunding uh, to kind of offset some and, of the costs. And how do they do that? How do they get yeah. involved with that? They go to championsofthelostcauses.org, and there's a link to the, the uh, crowdfunding campaign. If you search Champions of the Lost Causes on just about any social media platform, you'll you'll see the the, the link as well. And when do you, where do you air your podcast and how often? Yep. Yeah, so uh, this the road trip is a little bit of a of a uh, departure. Like I had been on a on a real kind of every two week thing, and, th- and then I hit a bit of a hiatus while I worked. I actually took some time off to work on my principal cause because things have been busy and uh, we don't have time to get into the Coliseum today, but suffice it to say that work continues. Uh, and so the road trip really, I'm not sure whether I'll publish them all in a batch or, or what. Um, periodic ones uh, along the way, periodic ones, and then do a, a series at the end. Yeah. I, so I'm not exactly sure how I'm going to package them, but we're going to be out for five weeks and it's looking like I'm going to have somewhere between 20 and 25 uh, episodes, maybe as high as, as 30. It just depends on if we want to really drive ourselves. And Well, you, ne- you never know what you're going to come across. Uh, years ago when I was at Channel 3, I talked to my bosses into let me and Jim Elliott, who's going to be calling in here in just a minute, he lives in Connecticut now, uh-huh. into going all over the state of Tennessee just like Charles Corral did and just come, come across yes. stories and do them. 
And we yeah. uh, went all over the state, went on the Ocoee River, went to oh, Nashville, neat. went to the Smoky Mountains, went to the World's Fair in Knoxville. And, oh, cool. I went and, to that. And you, you, you always set off with a plan, but things always seem to take on a life of their own, sure. which I predict will happen here. And um, even if you were to just say, you know, we're gathering stories along the way, but we're going to do a little five-minute update every day just to tell you where we are, what we encountered so far today, yeah, and some of the people we're meeting that will eventually put these uh, stories together. That keeps your what you're doing alive. It keeps your fundraising going. That's a good idea, Earl. I might steal that. Absolutely. I might do that That's five what minute. I'm here for. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. You're my podcast coach. No, but uh, we, I have been booking some guests, so, I, so I, obviously I want to be as planful as I possibly can. Uh, we start off with you know going Fort Smith, Tulsa, Kansas City, Wichita, Fort Collins, Colorado Springs, Denver, now then out into you know Flagstaff, Phoenix, L.A., and then up the state of California, all the way up to uh, Washington State, uh, and then we'll head back east uh, through Montana and Minnesota and and, and Iowa. So it's five, five a, weeks, 17 states. It's be an incredible be. trip. Uh, I think so. Make sure you take lots of pictures to document where you Absolutely. Went, and then uh, also combine that with your podcast. I, the, the great thing about the, our world today is things like this are possible to do. And you can reach millions of people with That's it. That's right. Uh, it's just a matter of getting the word about what you're doing out and uh, getting people to tune in and and buying into what you're what you're talking yep. about and we've got social media platforms now so i plan to blog uh every day about this and and i'm not on every social media platform and i'm not sure i'll be able to manage all of them <laughs> you well know, you, you got two trip. young kids they're like well uh, there you have it they're, they're, and they're going to be driving along uh and, and you say no sleeping in the car <laughs> <laughs> yeah no so uh, yeah i hope to get their help on the social media front so when do we'll you, see. When do you leave? June fifth. We well, June fifth to there. July for to July eleventh. Yeah. Uh, yep. So that's going to be amazing. I mean, you're going to be moving to covering some ground because that's really not very long when you talk about how many states you're going to be covering. Yeah. No. I know. We. I've. I, I've done it to where I. I don't really have. I'd say at the end there are some longer drives, but I tried my best to not have any just hellaciously long drives. Yeah. Um. Because yeah, at the outset I wasn't I didn't even realize my daughter was gonna go with us as second driver, but um anyway, now that she's going, so it's uh it's it's gonna be fun. Well I do though that uh, whenever you go someplace, it's one thing as far as you know, eight hours in the car. It's when you're coming back. Eight hours is a lot different than the eight hours going out. Yeah. Know? And so then yeah. you're, you're I'm just tired, I wanna get there. How much longer does this trip gonna last? You can only imagine what the, the guys, uh, Lewis and Clark, went through when they went out west. Oh, wow, yeah. Because every step they took west, they had to trace back east. Yeah. And there were just as many people trying to kill them going as it was coming back. So. That was the original road trip crew, was yes, it not? It was. Yeah. Barbara Stockwell, good luck to you. And check Thank in you. with us, and we'll, we'll, we'll let people know where you are. All right, sounds good, Earl. Thank you so much for having me on. You're welcome. Be, take care. Uh, we can take a quick break, and then we'll be right back. He grew up in the oil fields of West Texas. He's been all over the Western Hemisphere, a radio and TV veteran, former restaurateur, and a cowboy at heart. He's Earl Farrell, and he calls Memphis home because Memphis is cool. This is the Earl Farrell for Memphis show, brought to you by Southern Security, your home team credit union, and by Kathy Thurman Edwards State Farm Insurance. And now, here's your host, Earl Farrell. 
And thank you very much and welcome back. Uh, joining us uh, on the phone is Jim Elliott up in Connecticut. Good afternoon, Jim. How you doing, Earl? I'm I'm good. I'm better than I was. We were supposed to have you on earlier in the week, and I got some kind of bug, but uh, thank God for modern-day drugs, the good kind. Uh, yeah. I got on a steroid and a, and a uh, uh, antibiotics, and uh, I'm much improved. You were still able to uh, enjoy your vacation? Yeah, yeah. In fact, I didn't get I didn't get feeling bad until I got back. You know, so, oh. and uh, I I think I got it on the vacation. I just didn't know I had it <laughs> on the vacation. Uh, in fact, I was just talking to uh, Marvin Stockwell. Was leading on this uh, trek across the country, seventeen states, and in about a month. Yeah, it sounds like a great trip. And I was telling him, well, you may have heard if you were listening about uh, the time we talked to Channel Three and let us have a news cruiser. Uh, couple of hundred in cash and uh and credit cards and took off and did stories all over the state one summer yeah that was great i still can't believe we pulled that one off (laughs) (laughs) they never figured it out (laughs) (laughs) i remember driving up to the governor's mansion uh this was when uh, lamar alexander was the governor had just been elected yeah and we pulled up to the governor's mansion gate and i said uh push the button i said we're here to see the governor I don't think they appreciated the humor as much as we both did. <laughs> we had a good time doing everything. That's one reason we enjoyed working together with each other. Is we always, and we were talking about that, just how you look at life and, and on a positive side. And that's how we always looked at it, sitting there yeah. saying, you know, this is a cool thing. And there might be well, some- we, were, we were always curious people, and we always sought out curious people, you know, and that's the people who come talk to you yeah. on campus. Yeah, and, and people that, that – are confident in their observations in life, which I'm always uh, love talking to people that have a take on life. Because you, you know, how many times have we gone to people to say, "Hey, uh, we're we're talking to people about this." I go, "I have no opinion." Have you yeah. ever had no opinion about anything? <laughs> <laughs> I got an opinion on everything. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. One thing we have been talking about over the last few weeks is the Bud Light situation and whether or not it would die or keep going. Apparently, this thing is even taking on steam. Well, the people that I've talked to are really angry about this thing, and they're not in a forgiving uh, mood. And so Bud has gotten itself into a position where it can't apologize. It's going to offend somebody no matter what they say. I agree. So I don't know what they're going to do. They they, uh, put out a camouflage pan last week, and then I noticed today on Twitter they put out a Harley Davidson Budweiser can. It's a it's a gray can that looks like a motor oil with the uh, orange Harley Davidson logo on it. But it's not going to help them. Very manly. I mean, they, they're going to have to get rid of Bud Light. They're just going to have to turn it into a completely different brand. I just, but I understand there are other brands that are hurting. Uh, I saw I, um, uh, people are people are so angry they want to destroy Anheuser Busch. You know, is it? Just, do you think it's because we've had so many things shoved down our throat over the yeah. last sixteen years that we everybody's going? That's it. I'm not taking it anymore. Yeah, and the other thing was it, the person that they chose was playing the part. It's, it's he's a gay man who's now said that he's transitioning to a young girl, and he talks about slumber parties. He's not even old enough to drink Bud Light <laughs> in this persona, and it was just so ridiculous. People are just like. Okay, you, you obviously don't know who I am because I don't want to go along with this little charade. Yeah. And you're right. The rest of it is 
all the rest of it that's been shoved down your throat. And since then, look, uh, Target's done some stuff. Uh, yeah, with the uh, boycott with women against Target. Um, you know, it's happened. Disney. I don't know if I'm seeing the right things on Twitter, but when Disney puts up an ad, because they still advertise on Twitter, but almost I'll tell you, ninety percent of their remarks are you you people are hateful groomers. You people are out to destroy children, and that's Walt Disney's company. So there's about four of them right now that are really catching a lot of hell. Well. Uh, Calvin Klein came out with some kind of guy with a beard and wearing a, some kind of a bra. And, yeah, uh, the North Face did one with a drag queen. And yeah. this guy looks like, he looks like, seriously, like a clown, you know. Well, so it's just, you know what, it's, the whole thing was the, was the kid. You know, the CRT made everyone angry and then they denied they were doing it, but everyone listens to their politics and they know the teachers are doing it. Yeah. Plus, they've seen all the videos on TikTok. And then, for some reason, drag queens decided that they wanted to perform for little kids. And drag queen is burlesque. You know, they wouldn't let strippers perform no. for little kids. And so that's the same thing. It's just like, why do you all keep messing with children? That's what the problem is. Yes. So I think, you know, I know, there's, I know there's a backlash. One of the people I follow on Twitter is gays against groomers. And there's a lot of gays that that think that the, the T's have really screwed things up for the LG and B. Yeah. I've heard the same thing that said, look, you know, uh, we're gay, but we also have our standards and we don't think children should be involved in anything sexual. I mean, Absolutely that's, not. that's, that's an innocent time for all of us. Exactly. And we all got to, we all got to, yeah, we all got to um, figure it out for ourselves, but you sure don't need to be uh, confusing little kids with no. uh, the way they should be thinking. You know, well, I mean, it's hard enough when you're 13 to get through and oh. make that transition into adulthood. That is a tough period. Because you're uh, not a kid anymore, but you're not an adult, and you're right. not. And at 12, you're not even a teen. Right. You're and just, you're still, your face is breaking out. You feel like a geek, and you don't know how to <laughs> ask a girl out on a date. No. You know? And, you know, it's just like it's a horrible time. And then on top of it to be confused on top of it about who you actually are and yeah. and what's going on and it's I, I think it's I think it's it's an injustice. Well it, and it's almost if you think back to uh, even during the Vietnam era where there were so many people that were getting into politics and, and places of power to make an influence uh, on an, our society because the war impacted so many people uh and then you think, okay, the same thing happened with teachers and everything else that uh, ultra liberals said we got to infiltrate all these areas, media, movies, uh, education, in order to to present our way of thinking. And by the time everybody else figured out what was going on, here we are. Yeah, it's it's true. I mean, that's that's that whole um, ideal, that whole idealism, and that. Far left liberalism has basically taken root in everything, and I think that a lot of conservatives. Well, you, I think that's what happened in the COVID thing. I, I think that people were so overwhelmed by what happened that they just went along with it. But then, on reflection, they start looking back, thinking, "Wait a minute, wait a minute, I'm, I'm, I'm the one giving up everything here. Yeah. Why am I, why am I losing all my freedom?" Well, in fact, uh, DeSantis uh, responded to voters who call him uh, an establishment republic. But he also, 
uh, came out and after his announcement, and we'll talk more about his announcement in a second, but he said that Trump turned over the USA to Fauci for a year, uh, and this is one of his big arguments on Trump. Let's listen to that cut. It's number um, four, Alan. I think he did great for three years, but when he turned the country over to Fauci in March of 2020, that destroyed millions of people's lives. And in Florida, we were one of the few that stood up, cut against the grain, took incoming fire from media, bureaucracy, the left, even a lot of Republicans, had schools open, preserved businesses. And so Florida, since COVID, has outperformed virtually any state in the country when you look at all these significant metrics. I mean, we're booming. We've got people moving in here. Uh, wealth is coming in here. And so I think when people look back, you know, that 2020 year uh, was yeah. not a good year for the country as a whole. Uh, it was a, a situation where Florida st- started to stand alone. So I think that that's important contrast. Uh, here's what he's actually saying is that Trump really screwed up by uh, taking the advice of the guy who was at the time head of the uh, U.S. health, uh, um, you know, the health department, if you will, the CDC, and uh, had been there for years and years. Trump is going, okay, this is the head guy. We should believe him. Uh, and DeSantis came along and we started seeing things happening and what was going on with the country. He said, we're not going to do it. I think he made the right call, but nobody knew what to do at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, it, it's true. And you know what? It, DeSantis is is in a funny position because, you know, I'm sitting there talking to my friend this week, my friend Bob the Communist, and he hates Donald Trump. And <laughs> yeah, Explain Bob the Communist. He was a guy, you a reporter you worked for many years in Connecticut, like you worked yeah. with me in, in Memphis. And you yeah, guys get, a- get along great. It's just he's a yeah. communist, and you're not. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, I, he thinks that everything I think is completely wrong, and I know the same thing about him, and somehow we just don't irritate each other. And so, yeah, he was um, he was telling me about, oh, I said to him, you know, hey, how is this, this Santa going to fight Trump? The people, look at the, after the Durham um reports has come out recently. It really made Trump look like he was completely railroaded. So now you've got this guy who is divisive, but he's also probably the greatest showman in politics right now in the world. Yeah. I mean, the guy just has it. And DeSantis is a very competent, regular, normal guy, and he's got to fight this person who is this this P.T. Barnum kind of politician. And on top of it now, he's got Trump's got an army of people who thinks that he was totally screwed, and they thought it before Durham filed his report. Now they know he got totally screwed. So, and, and the media is still not reporting it. They're just sitting exactly. there going, "Okay, they came out with a report. No, nothing to see here." And everybody's yep. going, "Yes, there is something to yes, see." Yes, there here. is, and they, that's what's so amazing is that we, you know, we live in a place where no one seems to care about free speech anymore. Where the media seems to be totally locked into one side or the other. All of us don't want the same things in the country. The country's completely divided. And now you've got this thing where DeSantis is going to have the only way DeSantis is going to be chosen, in my opinion, is if Trump eats too many Big Macs and has a stroke or something. <laughs> I mean, he's going to just be have to he's going to have to be taken out. That's the only way DeSantis <laughs> is going to be the choice. I, I agree. We're talking with Jim Elliott. He's up in Connecticut. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. We come back. I, I want to get your take on the Twitter rollout of his campaign, which turned out to be a disaster. And do you think he'll recover from that? So stay with us. We'll be right back. 
That's life. That's right. That's life. I uh, do want to mention uh, part of life is accidents in Memphis, and we got one right here at Yates and Poplar. Uh, and uh, it's uh, got things all messed up. Uh, Poplar Avenue east of the uh, South Yates Road, which is here right by the station. So, you know, when you get a wreck on Poplar Avenue, it's a mess for quite some time. There's also one on I-240 South uh, by Mount Moriah. Uh, they have cleared the one up on uh, 385, and uh, the rest of it is just Friday afternoon holiday traffic, which I think a lot of people have already taken off. Uh, on the phone with us right now is Jim Elliott, uh, and, and he's in Connecticut. Uh, are you going anywhere for the holidays, Jim, or are you sticking around? I'm staying right here. Good boy. <laughs> no, I'm I'm coming to Memphis. There's a Channel 3 reun- reunion on uh, June the 17th, so... That's my next trip. That's three weeks from now. Yeah, uh, everybody's glad you're coming. I've had several people ask me if you were coming down for it, and I said, I think he is. And then you sent me a message that yeah, I'm definitely coming. So I think that's well, great. Beth, you know, Beth uh, Hudson. Yeah, she uh, she called me up and told me I should come. So I that was pushed me over the edge. <laughs> she has a she has a way of doing that. Yeah, she does. <laughs> <laughs> so she's a motivator. It will be cool, though. I mean, all these people we had the great opportunity to work with back in the in the late seventies, early eighties there, and uh, it was oh gosh, uh, Mike Lawhead. We had uh, uh, Brian Teglin. We had Tom Stocker, uh, Jerry Tate, Jerry Tate, uh, just uh, Kathy Thurman Edwards. Uh, I mean, the people that worked there over the years, and, and not just uh, the reporters on air people. All these. Photographers that we worked with, they're all over the country now. Yeah, many of them still work. No, that was a good place to start. It was, it was, that was a, you know, we had a really good news director, you know, and um, he gave, he instilled in all of us a real esprit de corps, and uh, yeah. I learned a lot. I learned a lot. Well, and we were lucky. We worked under what was then the Hoyt Wooten Station. It was privately owned by the Wooten family, and. And uh, all those people were broadcasters then. So what's happened to so many stations, radio, TV, is it's been bought out by conglomerates. They're not. They don't care about anything in particular about broadcasting. It's just another yeah. another business that they bought. Yeah, it's another money stream. I remember I had one company I worked for, Cox, which owned Fox Thirteen, and they would send out these annual deals, your goals for the year. How are you going to get new customers? I said, Well, most of mine are dead. So. <laughs> I, I don't, I guess just staying in Memphis, uh, the attrition will continue. Uh, but they didn't even change it up for a news department. They just sent out the same little goals and uh, achievements uh, that everybody it's just else. Corporate, did. yeah, it's just corporate. Uh, the dishonest rollout, which I thought was was chancy even the beginning when I first heard about it, because Twitter was not known for video or audio. Although there were short clips you would see on there and stuff, but very short things, nothing long format. And nothing that could have had the possibility of crashing because so many people would tune in at the same time. What was your take on it? Did, we, did you think what would happen could have happened? Well, no, I didn't. It, you know, it was there were some technical glitches and it got postponed for 20 or 25 minutes. But um, it all went on. And, you know, that was one of the things I was going to tell you about talking to my friend Bob, who hates Trump. I said to him, 
do you really remember anybody's announcement that they're running for president? And he said to me, yeah, I remember a guy who came down a golden escalator. escalator. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, there was, you, that's an image that's stuck yeah. in your head. Most people who just stand there in a suit in front of a microphone and say, I'm going to run for president. And nobody ever remembers it. So no. it doesn't really matter that he got started that way. I don't, and I don't think so either. I would have had a plan B, though, so it didn't sound like he was broadcasting from his bathroom when he did. Because it sounded <laughs> yeah. like, I am running for president! Yep. <clears throat> and uh, that is one thing. Yeah, another area where Trump is so savvy, you never hear him have a bad audio or bad video. No, and he just take, he just sucks all the air out of the room with anybody else. You know, he ch- he shows up. Where did he show up first after he announced <laughs> On CNN, of all places. Yeah. And it makes people on CNN angry. Yeah. You know? And then, you know, so every time he shows up somewhere, it makes news. So DeSantis shows up, and the news is, oh, his thing got screwed up. Yeah, and uh, and then Trump will go to work on him. He's already calling him DeSantis. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I know. I wish, I wish Trump would knock it off. I, but think, I mean, it's, just, but it's I, his trademark, you know. And I just don't think he I'll can. Think I think that's his. That's his to him, you know. You know what? My wife, you know, is a reformed Democrat. She's a recovering Democrat, and she said <laughs> to me the other day, I, "I don't want Trump to be president. I don't want him." And they were. The, I was listening to Musk uh, being interviewed by the Wall Street Journal, and. They said to him, who do you want to be president? And he said, I just want somebody that's normal. And I think there's a lot of people in this country. Would like well, that. I think if Trump loses the election, it'll be because of who Trump is. Now, back to the Earl Farrell for Memphis show. Brought to you by Southern Security, your home team credit union. And by Kathy Thurman Edwards State Farm Insurance. Once again, Earl Farrell. Uh, thank you very much. Welcome back. We got Jim Ellie on the phone. Sorry, Jim, we had a hard break a minute ago, and I was just sitting there listening to you. All of a sudden, it went boom. <laughs> no, I talked to one last time. I was like, I'm not going to do that again. I did it again. <laughs> well, we were all transfixed on what you were saying. Uh, this is just breaking, though. You know who Ja Morant is, right? Our big star basketball player with the Grizzlies. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pulled the gun out for the second time in a couple of months, yeah. got a bunch of trouble. Well, it says Nike decided to move forward with its plans to release Morant's latest sneaker despite the star point guard's recent suspension from all team activities. The Grizzlies handed down the suspension after a social media video showing Morant holding a gun serviced earlier this month. Now, the Jaw One Hunger sneaker was made available on Thursday. The shoe sold out in 20 minutes, according to the Wall Street Journal. As at, yeah. the, at the moment, it does not appear that Nike is interested in ending its relationship with Morant. <laughs> no, it's funny, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Once again, okay, he may have some problems, but he sells a lot of sneakers for us. Yeah, exactly. And they'll make money off him. He'll he'll destroy his career and probably do something stupid on top of it, and they'll be selling his oh, yeah. merchandise the whole way. Bad boy sneakers. That's probably what yep. they'll call them. Well, I, I saw some rapper who's... Um, who used to be in the Crips, and he says that Morant keeps giving the Crips gang signs, and he's like, that dude's not in the Crips. He's going to pay for that. Yeah, because they're, they're very sensitive <laughs> about that stuff. Of course. I mean, that's a brotherhood, you know? Yeah, and it, it'd be like you it, go it, around it's with the— brotherhood, but it is, you know? I remember in Texas we had the Outlaws uh, yeah. motorcycle gang, and California had the, the, the uh, Hells Angels. Yep. And and you didn't wear each other's colors because if you oh, got no, no, caught no. wearing something from the other guys, 
They tended to. Uh, it would be like the cops catch you wearing a police uniform. Yeah, only worse because the cops would have worse. to obey some <laughs> rules, but the Hell's Angels, no, no such luck. Yep. Uh, Crazy. So the. Uh, I thought this was interesting. DeSantis responded to voters who call him an established Republican. Uh, but th- what I think is interesting is when I found out just yesterday, do you know who's behind his whole campaign? Who's that? Dick Cheney, W. Bush, and Jeb Bush. The entire yeah, Bush. It, yep. That's the other complaint about him is that he's actually just another Washington insider. He's the old Washington part that, you know, that I mean, uh, got us involved in Afghanistan and Iraq. I mean, look at Liz Cheney. I mean, that woman is absolutely insane and came out and, and was, her whole goal was to impeach uh, Trump. Yeah. And, and and she was, I mean, it was so good. Then she said, well, I'm going to run for president. I haven't seen her throw her hat in the ring yet. Have you yeah, heard? well, I'm sure all they have to do is do a poll and she'd probably have a half a percent, you know, of support. I mean, who's going to vote for her? No, nobody vote for her and no Republicans going to vote for her. No. And, and if people think that if Dick thinks that he's somehow beloved by the country, I got another thing coming for him. And then, uh, you got, uh, Oh, he's the, the guy that's the consultant for, that was, uh, uh, Dick Cheney's guy. And he's always coming on Fox. It does his little white chalkboard, um, out of Texas. Yeah, Carl Rove. Carl Rove. Yeah, he's also on that. It's that whole same team. Yeah, see, I that's you know, I I, I had enough of them. I I really did. I think everybody did. I just uh, he, W totally uh, faked me out. I thought he was a a good guy, a good guy from Texas, uh, and then you know, kind of acted goofy sometimes. But hey, everybody's got their drawbacks. But then when you start, you look back on what he did in so many instances, and he was listening to Dick Cheney, and Dick Cheney's got a daughter named Liz, and then you got Carl Rove, who's he, he's he's got a big, huge pact, and I've come to believe that all pacts are nothing but a money making scheme, a, a slush they're fund. Part of this, they're all part of this whole thing, you know that that they're all on the inside. They're part of that whole military industrial thing. Yeah, Biden's just like them, except know, he's a Democrat. Exactly. I mean, but there's all, well, he's part of the, he's the leader of the uniparty, you know, because there's just as many Republicans involved in all this as there are Democrats. And that's the reason they'll always hate Trump. Trump is not one of them. He's an outsider. He couldn't be bought. That's why the Chinese hated him. I even saw a guy in China giving a speech once saying, we can't get anything done in Washington right now because we cannot get to Trump. He cannot be bought. Until we get him out of there, ain't nothing going to happen. Well, Well, it sure you know, I I don't know what evidence they've got, but just based on all the circumstantial stuff that's up there, I mean, it just looks like Biden was trading his vice presidency the whole time. And, you know, I, I guess Bo Biden would have been do, do, doing it if he uh, hadn't have died from a brain tumor. But uh, Hunter was not in any position to be out there cutting deals, you know, because of his own frailties. <laughs> well, he exactly the sharpest pencil in the box anyway. No, but no, then you... but I mean, he was. Biden had to have somebody who could fly around the world with him and get stuff yeah. done. That's what it looked like. That's what it looks like to me. You know? and, and if you now look at those, the entire family, though, is you know his wife, yeah. his brother, his brother's wife. And um, what they're waiting on the FBI to give them is they launched an investigation into a $5 million payment, not the million-dollar payment that they've already said got paid to nine people in the family. So there's plenty of smoke there. And you know the DOJ at this point is, 
are dragging their feet. They're trying to get him reelected before the um, yeah before they they have to come out with yeah, the goods. Yep. And, and he, yep. there was a guy today testifying behind closed doors who's another whistleblower, and uh, he's saying, you know, uh, look, I've got evidence that the, that the DOJ was dragging its feet and yeah. the FBI in, in getting any information on him and have been doing it for three years. Look at his yeah. laptop. They've had the laptop for three years. And that they killed all the investigations into the Clintons, that there were four investigations that came up. That never got <laughs> no, nothing to see here. The DOJ has been protecting that uniparty, you know, the whole way. That's why they went after Trump from the very start. You know, Trump is a lot of things. He's got a lot of warts, and he's a big, loud mouth. But I really liked a lot of the things that he did. But, my God, they just worked against him. Just every single thing that they could bring up or think of, they, they pushed against him. And now you find out that almost all of it was just a complete waste of our time. Do you remember when Chuck Schumer said that, that back at the very beginning, he said, uh, let me just tell you something, uh, Mr. Trump, when you go up against the alphabet yeah. um, uh, bureaus, yeah. uh, they can take you down 20 ways to Sunday. Well, that's the other thing, Earl, the, you know, the, the, uh, the nephew of the president gets on the air and says, yeah, I think the CIA killed my uncle, the president of the United States. Remember? Yeah. We, we were. We were young people during that time, and I wasn't partisan. And the media just loved John Kennedy. They launched it was Camelot. It was. Yeah. I mean, Obama. As much as they foam uh, frothed over Obama, was nothing compared to when the Kennedys came in. It was a whole new launching of of America. And the fact that they would just take him out—if that's exactly what happened—is well. I mean, we've lost control of the country. That's that's. I mean, that's seventy years ago. But it's also that was uh, George Bush uh, Senior, uh, and he there, there are pictures I've seen of him in Dallas on the day Kennedy was assassinated. Yeah, and he wasn't supposed yeah. to be anywhere near there. No, and the whole thing with Oswald. I mean, it's just yeah. it, it brings the whole thing back up again. But it's like this, and then them they've got four thousand pages of stuff they won't release. Why would you not release it? Everybody involved in that death. <laughs> because. They still don't want anybody to know that the yeah. CIA did it. Yeah. And the yeah. problem with the I FBI. Mean, it sure looks bad. It they, sure does look bad. I, I saw a picture just the other day of the limousine that uh, JFK was assassinated in with a bullet hole through the front windshield. After the <laughs> after he was assassinated, they yep. shipped that car to the Lincoln Mercury uh, plant where it was built to replace the entire windshield and then ship it to Washington for the, uh, Kinsey report. Uh, and they said, no, that he was shot from the back and uh, the back of the head was, no, it, it had to come from the front because the back of his head blew out. You don't shoot something and have it blow in. And, uh, and then <laughs> so did, old thing, like the Oliver Stone movie. Yes. You know? And and, so, you, and they just keep saying, if we keep telling the same lie over and over again, yeah, people just get yeah. worn down and say, okay. Yeah, after a while, it's not even worth fighting for anymore. That's what that's what they're doing with all of it, yeah. you know? Well, and then uh, you got uh, Corinne Jean-Pierre saying there's no plan B if Biden pushes the economy into default. We'll talk about the possibility of default with Jim Elliott right after the break. Stay with us. When severe weather breaks out, we break in. The Mighty 990, 107.9 FM, 990 AM, and online 24-7 at Mighty990.com. 
And welcome back. Uh, with me on the phone is uh, Jim Elliott in Connecticut. And uh, we're talking about the uh, default, the threat of default. And uh, KJP, Corinne Jean-Pierre, says there is no plan B if Biden pushes the economy into default. Here's the sound. When you say that default is not an option, is that equal to saying, to guaranteeing that there will be a deal? Or is there a viable plan B? So what I can say is there is no, there really, this is the only option that we have is for Congress to do its job, for Congress to uh, deal with the debt limit. That's the only option in front of us. That is the best option for the American people. That's the best way to make sure that our economy uh, is not, doesn't get turned on its head, that we don't get a situation where we lose, we potentially lose up to 8 million jobs or devastate retirement accounts. Uh, That is not an option. So we're we're being consistent here. We've been saying that they need to do their job. It is their constitutional duties. It's been done 78 times since 1960. That's what we're saying. As it relates to the budget negotiation, those are continuing. We want to make sure that gets done uh, as soon as possible as, as well. It is important for the American people to see uh, what we value and what we see in a bipartisan way that we're going to present to the American people, clearly also to Congress, so that it can get both Democrat and Republican votes. So if there is not a deal, there is no plan B? What I can say is the only option right now is for the for Congress to do their jobs without conditions. That is the way that we need to move forward as it relates to the debt limit. All right, there you go. There is no Plan B. There yep, is there, without without any condition, meaning the, our way or, or the highway. Yeah. And uh, so Biden's response is he's gone to Camp David tonight, and then he's headed on down to his beach house. Uh, for the rest of the Memorial Day weekend, and so he's not concerned with it because uh, you know I'm just I'm not going to compromise. He's got his deputies, and uh, you know they're supposedly they said, you know every t- step forward we make, then then something else pops up and we take two steps back. The other thing is nothing's going to happen to Social Security. Nothing. The soldiers are going to get paid. The VA is right. going to keep open. None of this. Remember when they they locked down the Washington Monument? Yes. I mean, they'll just do things just to, to make it look like it's bad. Yeah, that the, it's impact. But those were or, they were shut down by the orders of the White House in those instances. And it was done to, to illustrate that the, the horrible things are going to happen if they go through and don't pass the, the default. Yep. And it's, it's all politics. It, it's all just a big. But we've been through it. That's like she said, this has gone on 78 times before. And so, oh, so we just keep doing it. Right. And. Uh, and nobody, it's like having a, a, a your husband or wife who's addicted to credit cards or gambling. And they go, I'll never do it again. Just let me get by one more time. But they don't ever get called on it. Everyone no. keeps collecting them, and they all just keep going out, raising the debt, raising the debt. They kick that can down the road. You know, it's your kids that are going to get eaten alive by inflation. Then somebody at some point is going to have to pay all this debt. Well. And, you know, here's, I'll give you another example. Um I was talking to my friend Bob, the communist, and he said to me, I don't know why there's even a, they've been talking about it. They have the right to print money. Why don't they just print whatever money they need? And I'm looking at him and I'm thinking, you're 80 years old. You lived through everything since World War II. You lived through all the bad inflation of the 70s where um, a mortgage was 15 percent was the interest on a mortgage. And now the best you can come up with is. They should just print whatever money that they need. That's insane. 
Well, and not only that, the dollar is in real threat of being uh, thrown overboard for other currency around the world sure. right so now. It's just, yeah, and that's what inflation is. It's inflating the money supply. That's what happens when you just print money with nothing behind it. So do you and think- then, you know what, Earl? Like a day later, I thought, wait a minute, maybe he's right, because if they could just print whatever money they need, they could print my taxes. Absolutely. And so yeah, what do they need us for? Yeah, what that just print some print my share. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I th- I, th- I do think they're going to reach an agreement and I, they will. I, and I just hope you McConnell they will. does. They have to. Yeah, McConnell doesn't cave and Biden will say that his people caved it wasn't him. And I think Well, that, you know what when when Matt Gates was holding out against McCarthy and trying to get the things he wanted, yeah. he got everything he wanted. And yep. meanwhile, the the, the Democrats were screaming, oh, this is a threat to our democracy. Uh, of course they'll say that. And Matt Gates got everything he, he knew he could get, and he did. He got every bit of it. Yeah. So what is that? That should have taught McConnell right there, that you just don't give up no matter what they say. I think don't, McConnell may, may be putting Biden's feet to the fire. And, they've decided they're going to get something out of this, <laughs> and they're not just going to roll over and do it. And and that then that's the beginning, because once you blink, the blink does not go away. And, well, you uh, see the Republicans blink, and I think they were kind of counting on that because they've had 40 or 50 days here now they could have been talking, and they didn't. No. And so... so um, politics. Ah, uh, hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad it's Friday because I go home and I, I watch uh, the Meat Eater hunting show, you know? There's no politics. Yeah. It's just pretty scenes out west and, uh, uh, you know, no think well, about it. I'm going to go uh, hang up a big American flag for the weekend Good and for you. Uh, cover the hole into my porch, and then I'm going to go buy me a six-pack of beer. There you go, the American Maybe. Memorial Day right there, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Jim Elliott, thank I'm you. Good. Always interesting, and uh, you have a great Memorial Day weekend. Tell Barney hi, and uh, we'll you see, see you okay. soon at the Channel 3 reunion. Uh, talk to you soon, Earl. Thank right. you. Jim Elliott. Have a good holiday. You too. Uh which is quite different up, up in the Northeast. I mean, they're still, their leaves are still coming out. I got a message from a friend of mine in uh, Colorado, and he was saying his leaves are, and his grass is just now turning green. <laughs> he got these little bitty little leaves coming out on his tree, and you look and see the Rockies behind him, and there's still snow all over the tops of the Rockies. So it's hard to believe Memorial Day, because we always think it was the first boating day of the year for people in this part of the world. Up there, they're still coming out of the winter, which I lived in Canada for two years, and it comes early and it stays late. Uh, I avoid I avoid it like the plague. I, I like, uh, although I I hate the middle of the summer here because it's so hot. But uh, have a great weekend, uh, have a great Memorial Day, and remember what it's all about. Put your flag out. We'll see you on Monday. All right, Tuesday actually, we're taking off Monday.